1: Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up, So you can take a free shot at a million dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million dollar prize in their best ball mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store or Google Play Store. Use the promo code 5RSN and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today. brake Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in complete wheel repair, repairing wheels from curb rash, bends, and cracks. They also specialize in refinishing from polishing, machining, and custom colors that will suit your car's needs. Lastly, brake Wheel Fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications. Contact them at 305-748-0112. That's 305 305- seven four eight zero one one two or at you break Wheel Fix on all social platforms this show is brought to you by lewis peters state farm agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the united states for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry local agents that understand south florida's unique market you have access to them 24 7 walk in call in click in through lewis com. you can find them online on social media at sf agent peters or you can call at 305-275-5585 remember LewisPeters.com.
2: welcome to three yards per carry a podcast covering the miami dolphins and the nfl now here's your hosts chris alf and simon
1: and we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This is our season preview edition. And I have Simon Clancy here with me, and I will have Chris Coffin with me in the second half of the show. This show is always brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code 5RSN, get 20% off your entire order. Well, Simon, having fun, by the way, on, on Twitter. Uh, I noticed you were pretty active <laughs> to start the week.
3: Yeah, it's some, um, you know, half wits who are reading what, um, you know, what their mummy said on Facebook about um get down to the uh vet veterinary store and inject whatever it is that thick <laughs> conservatives who have been injecting themselves in in Oklahoma what was it horse tranquilizers or something. Yeah, do that. It's much better than that. Yeah, horse dewormer. Because that's gonna do the trick. That'll um Well
1: if you're a horse. All
3: yeah. the money that all the money that AstraZeneca and Pfizer and Oxford University put into the vaccine and then we didn't realise that Uncle Jed and uh, and Auntie Mary with no teeth um, realized that horse tranquilizers was actually um, better than uh, an actual medical vaccine.
1: Um,
3: if only we'd known that it would have been so much easier. We could have saved like the last 18 months we could have just all um crash around Uncle Jed's house and um, played the piano on Mary's teeth whilst uh, he cooked us up some um, some horse some possum. broth or some possum. yeah and some yeah some possum semen which he's probably taking uh, as a sugar hey, maybe replacement. Maybe that works. Maybe yeah, that works. I, mean, I mean, if you're going to try a horse tranquilizer or a horse, whatever it is, you might as well try possum semen.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't get why people love to argue about rules. The rules are they are. And I guess yeah. we're going to talk more about it on Wednesday because as we record this, Adam Shaheen tested positive for COVID. He's in the protocol. He had an injury anyway so he probably wasn't going to play but maybe he takes Austin Jackson with him, you know not to not to to not to another not to the other life i'm talking about you know taking him with him into the protocol out for 10 days but uh we'll talk more about that on wednesday as we preview dolphins patriots but yeah rules are rules and yeah these rules were agreed to and it's It's just easier on you if you're vaccinated, you're a professional athlete. It's part of the job.
3: But also, it's about not just yourself. Like, I can understand. I mean, I can't understand. I mean, the thing that I've learned most about um, the world during the pandemic is how selfish people are. Mm. But what I can't understand is if you play a team sport, and, and the rules are really simple. If you are unvaccinated, and you are the reason why a game is postponed, and you cannot reschedule that within the 18 weeks, you lose the game. Yes. So for all the people replying to me going, oh, Shaheen can do what he likes, and and Cole Beasley's my hero, and, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> it's like all, always about Y-O-U-R as well, not not the actual proper, you know, why is it always thick people that don't know how to spell, you know. Anyway, let's see how all those people are when, you know, the Dolphins are in a playoff race and Adam Shaheen costs us a game because we have to forfeit. Let, let's see how they are then mm. because that could be a scenario. Is it, is it likely? Who knows? I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen this year, but that is the, the scenario. You know, oh, if They'll, they'll want to access- burn them
1: at the stake. They'll want to burn them at the stake. Dol- of course uh, they will. And it's not only Dolphin fans. It's, it's football fans in general. And you learn about that. All you needed to, to see was the first Saturday of the season in college football go by and then just log on to Twitter for a few minutes and see what everybody's talking about. Yesterday yeah. was even worse because I don't know if you saw that Notre Dame-Florida State game.
3: Very interesting. I saw half of it and take the other half.
1: Well, Hurricane fans decided to use that game as a reason why everything in, at the University of Miami is shit. They got to fire the coach. They got to burn down their facility, do a new facility, maybe even change the uniforms, change the name. It's, they used that game as like some type of barometer of where the two programs are at.
3: And I don't think yeah, they what?
1: have anything to do with each other.
3: No, I don't think so either. And I, 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 don't, I come away from that game, you know, and like I said, I've only seen the first half. But you come away from that game thinking, um, I don't know how good Florida State are. You know, that were were they carried on the wave of the crowd, on the wave of the Bobby Bowden emotion, the wave of the Mackenzie Milton emotion. You know, with with Travis going out of the game and Milton coming in to replace him. You know, that that doesn't speak well of the of the offense to that to that point so but you know I thought my you know we all knew I and we were going to get beaten but they mm-hmm. were pretty badly waxed um but I actually don't think it's a, I don't think it's an indictment necessarily of of you know all, all the other schools I just think it's a massive indictment of Alabama in mm-hmm. terms of you know you look at the players they lose you know Mac jo- Jones, Leatherwood, Waddle you know all the players that they lost offensively defensively to the draft and you know Are they are they going to win the national championship this year? I'd be stunned if they didn't. Yeah. You know, and you just look around that team, you know, you Leatherwood goes eighteenth in the draft or twentieth in the draft where it is. Here's Evan Neal, who's going to go top, you know, whatever. Oh, here's Will Anderson, he's going to be a top three pick in the next, you know, not this next draft, but the draft after. Here's Bryce Young, you know, if two gets drafted, if Baker Mayfield gets drafted at six foot or whatever, then you know, Bryce Young's it's just never ending. Do you know what I mean? It's just yes. never ending. And I just think that's, you know, kids... Like, I went to... When I went to see Trevor Lawrence a few years ago, the team that was playing against him had a kid called Queen Mac- King McWooter, who's a defensive end, a 4 side defensive end, playing for Troop County. And he was recruited by everybody, ended up going to Alabama. He, he can't play. He doesn't play. Like, But when we saw him in that game against, against Trevor, he was phenomenal. Like, you'd be thinking, this kid is going to dominate college football, like, you know, for two or three seasons. But he just gets lost in the in the mess. Do you know what I mean? You just think, Mm -hmm. but I I think two things about that. One is that the amount of talent they have there, that a King recruiter can get lost in the mess, but also why are are not other people of King recruiters level going to Wisconsin or Nebraska or Florida State or Florida Do you know what I mean? And and get the chance to play. Because I'd much rather want to play for a lesser team than Alabama than just sit on the bench for Alabama and collect national championships. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's what I'd rather do. Yeah,
1: you're, no, you're absolutely right. And I did this exercise on Twitter the other day, and I believe that the guy enlightened me because I didn't think about it this way. But if you had merged both rosters, I think only Zion Nelson can start for Alabama, and he wouldn't start at left
3: tackle. No, he wouldn't start his own position.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, and Zion Nelson is a first-round pick. So it, that tells you all you need to know. All you can get yeah. is one tackle onto Alabama from your Miami roster. And I promise you, Canes fans, your team is not absolutely dreadful. Like you might win eight games. You might even win nine. Who knows? Maybe you go on a run and win ten because you don't play a lot of ranked teams this year. But you're just not on that level. Uh, Alabama is a different – they might as well be playing a different sport. There's like four teams yeah. that should be playing a different sport. And I think we saw know, three of them on Saturday in Clemson, yeah. Georgia, and Alabama.
3: Yeah, I mean, you look at Georgia, you know, the the kid that played for Florida State last night, um, the defensive end, who had a couple of sacks and was all over the field. You know, he, he wasn't going to be starting for Georgia this year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's Florida State's best defensive player. And that just speaks to the, you know, the dominance of the SEC. And I think it's only going to get it's only going to get worse or better if you're an SEC fan. But, you know, I think it's going to get worse for everybody else. And I just think, unfortunately, what it's doing is that the the, the alabamerization of college football is essentially the, the beginning of the end of college football, mm-hmm. I think. And especially when you look at, you know, and 100% athletes at universities should be paid to do what they... You know, the NCAA is one of the greatest pimp games of all time and they shouldn't be, you know, making... Trillions of dollars off the back of players that get no cash. So it's great to see that these new rules have come in. But you know, when you see like Bryce Young, who's never started a game at Alabama, is has made already already made more than a million dollars in endorsement deals before the season starts. You just think, for somebody that grows up in you know a shitty neighborhood, do I want to go to Florida A and M and maybe make you know fifty thousand, or do I want to go to Alabama, sit on the bench, but? make myself half a million, which would change my family's life, even if I never get to the NFL. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And down here, Derek King is like essentially uh, sponsoring. He sounds like our show, Simon.
3: <laughs> sponsoring
1: yeah. pretty much everything under the sun. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. so, yeah. Anyways, you know, long season. Uh, my suggestion to Hurricane fans, they play Michigan State in a couple of weeks. Things go wrong against Michigan State. Okay. Then go crazy. All right. But for now, just take it in stride. All right. You didn't lose... You didn't lose by less than 20 points, which is what you wanted to. But think about it. That that was the goal, all right? All right, this is the season preview. These are t- 10 questions. Answer them any way you would like. Simon, question number one. If the season goes right, what happened? And what is, quote-unquote, right?
3: Uh, I mean, it's, it's about the quarterback. If the season goes right, it means two has had a really good season. And I don't think there's any other way of – there is so much pressure on his shoulders. There always has been, whether that was a – uh, at St. John's in um, in Hawaii, whether that was at Alabama or whether that's now in the NFL, but for the season to go right, he has to have a big year. Uh, it can't be an average year. It can't be a step in the right direction. He has to have a big year. If the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs, he has to have a big year, and he has to he has to turn into the quarterback that we thought he was when he left or when he got injured.
1: All right, question number two. And by the way, quote unquote, right to you would be obviously you just said it. It's the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. Question number two, if the season goes wrong, what happened?
3: He wasn't very good. I mean, that's, that, that's the, the – or he gets injured. Um, I think there is a huge issue for the Dolphins this year, and I talked about it a little bit last week in terms of those players. You know, all these draft picks that we've had, they've got to start developing. And if they don't develop, that will – you know, it's easy to say that Tua didn't have a good year. But I think if they don't have a good year, it will be the fact that they missed, they whiffed, on those draft picks when they had the chance they had the ball in their hands and they fumbled it at the goal line that would be part a but part b the areas of the team that they have summarily ignored or got wrong ergo the running back position and um the offensive line will be the thing that kills them and Tua can be as good as Aaron Rodgers but if the offensive line can't protect him then it's not going to matter either way
1: all right which leads us to question number three is it as easy as Tua is good this year? That's all they need. The, all the offense need to be good.
3: No, the offensive line needs to be good. The receivers need to step up. Um, you know, the receivers need to stay healthy. You know, um, because it's a it, you know, you look at it and you think oh, Devonte Parker, Will Fuller, you know Albert Wilson, Paul Preston Williams, shit, Joel Jalen, what all, You know, there's a long old injury list there. Um, You know, you don't want to to be in a situation where, look, the Dolphins can't find themselves in a situation where it was okay last year to say, oh, well, Tua was throwing to Matt Collins, Isaiah Ford, and Lynn Bowden. You know, if they find themselves in the situation again, they've only got themselves to blame, you know, because they have spent so much – they have over-relied on historically injured players, and that's their own fault.
1: All right, question number four. Had they done enough to solve the Josh Allen puzzle?
3: No, I don't think anybody can solve the Josh Allen puzzle because I think that his ability to manipulate the pocket, his ability to run, his ability to make yards with his legs—quite uh, apart from his passing—you don't buy. Th-
1: you don't buy what Kansas City did last year in the AFC Championship game. They just—they just started sending blitz after blitz after blitz, and it seemed to work. to uh, yeah, Josh Allen. I,
3: I, I think I, I just think it was something he hadn't seen. I know that you know I read today that he's been working on process and understanding how to deal with those situations. And I think that, you know, Josh Allen to me is um, he's got, it's got MVP year written all over him. I think he, if Buffalo as good as I think they are, he is going to be right in the heart of that MVP conversation and Buffalo are going to get pretty close to the Super Bowl. So, so yeah.
1: All right. Question number five, how good is the AFC East as compared to other divisions in the NFL?
3: I think you could, I mean, I think there's three teams potentially fighting for a, for for the playoffs, but also I think the most important thing, if you are looking at it from an outsider's point of view, is that if all things go well, you're looking at a division now that has Josh Allen, year three, Tua Tungvalu, year two, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, year one. And if all four of those, you know, if if Tua, Jones and Wilson develop, what a, you know, what a next 10, 15 years that division could be. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we've talked about the what ifs when it came to um you know what if we'd have drafted Aaron Rodgers instead of Jake Long uh oh instead of Ronnie Brown sorry um you know you'd have had a division for 10 12 years of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady well you know you could be in a you could be in a division now with with four absolute grand slam qu- uh, quarterbacks so yeah i think it's in a very healthy state but I, and i think you know if i was a betting man i would say buffalo new england Miami, and then the jets
1: all right. Next question: With health, what is the ceiling for this team this season?
3: Um, I mean, I I think the ceiling has to, like, has to be playoffs. I, I don't think that they can miss the playoffs. Just given everything that they've had, well, you know, that would be the, the
1: floor. Game. That would be the floor, Simon. So, what is the ceiling?
3: Well, to if me, they the have ceiling to
1: make the playoffs, then that's the floor.
3: Well, I mean, I. The, I don't think they're good enough to advance past the division stage of the playoffs. There's way too many questions, way too many questions. You know, if they get an injury at linebacker, they're fucked. If they get, you know, the offensive line is already the worst in the league. You know, if they get any sort of, you know, any sort of issue that if tour isn't, you know, what we think he is, the receivers, I don't think they're good enough to get out of the division and, you know, we'll get to it, I'm sure. But um, I have significant doubts as to whether they'll even make the playoffs.
1: All right. Question number seven. What is missing? Obviously, you don't feel great about this team, but what is missing for you to feel great, quote unquote great about this team?
3: I know it's not that I don't feel great about it. I just feel like it's not there yet. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. And you know, it felt like 18 months ago we were in a position to be given all the pieces. Um, unfortunately, the pieces don't fit at the moment. Um, they might fit, but you know, there's going to have to be some serious chiseling of, the, you know, do, is anything that Austin Jackson did in preseason make you think, yep, our 19th overall pick last year is is really going to develop into an operational left half? Because that's what they need. That's mm-hmm. what they need. If they want to win a Super Bowl, that's what they need. You know, it's the same with, you know, Noah Igbenogane. What what role is he going to play? Value the 30th overall pick in the draft? What? Because ultimately, what's he going to be? Fourth best corner. Well, really, he's the fifth corner, isn't he? Because you know, yeah, pretty much right now, Howard yeah. Jones, Needham, Justin Coleman, they're all mm-hmm. going to be on the field before him. He's been organized, so he's the fifth cornerback, um, and a special teams player. That's that's the ceiling, really, on him, unless there's some serious injuries and he's thrown into the fire. That is a pretty damning indictment that you're going to a season with a guy who, you know, somebody like Brandon Thorne, who did, who does a lot of offensive line breakdowns and coaches offensive line, you know, released a video the other day of Austin Jackson. And, you know, it was absolutely, it was horrific viewing, you know. It, so essentially you're looking at two out of three first round picks that you, you parlayed all this, um, you know, you parlayed your future into and two out of one, one is the fifth best corner and one is a left tackle in which people are saying, let's play Jesse Davis at left tackle. Let's play Greg Little, who was essentially going to be cut by the Carolina Panthers after being a bust for two years. Or Liam Eikenberg, who's not played left tackle at all in camp. And everybody's trying to replace him. So, you know, I, um, I think this team is good. I just think it's not good enough. Um, it's got a lot of, you know, Jason Sanders... Special teams are great. Secondary is really good. Ogba's got to stay healthy. You know, I worry about Jalen Phillips in terms of what he's going to produce, what he's going to bring or whether or not you just get to the end of the season. You're like, oh, another first round pick that didn't really pan out um, because they're running out of chances. Chris Greer is running out of chances. Um, and I think if he doesn't get the playoffs, I think both of them might be in trouble. So what, what they need is those young players to, to really take a, a gargantuan leap. And that starts with Tua but that means Austin Jackson, that means Raquan Davis, you know, that, that means Javon Holland, you know, which is t- – you know, there's a lot of pressure on this rookie class you know, because somebody's not – they've got a backfill for the, for the really mediocre class that, that came about a year ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, te- I tend to agree with you, and I will say this, and I thought about this the other day. Uh, if Tua Tungvalu is really, really good, he could hide so many warts, and that will save Chris Greer's job on its own because Chris Greer is going to be judged by wins and losses. They win enough games to make the playoffs. He's going to continue on, and he's going to continue on to try to build this team. But I, I really do believe that Tua Tungvalu can be a, can be good enough that he can hide a lot of warts on this team. And when at season's end, we're going to be talking about, oh, we're, we're actually pretty close to, to winning a Super Bowl here. You know, all we need is this or that, and and it could be that we weren't really very close because there's been some teams in the last few years from – especially the uh, seattle okay the seahawks russell wilson has quarterbacks some bad what i consider bad seattle teams but at the end of the year you look at their record and they, they won nine games and they made the playoffs Dol- uh, dolphins did it for ages with dan Marino. i don't know if you agree with me or not all right simon give me the afc playoff teams i don't know if you have the standings in front of you you have the afc in front of you give me seven you need to give me four division champions
3: Twenty twenty-one. So let's do this. So Buffalo in the A- will win the AFCs. Kansas City will win the AFC West. The Cleveland Browns will win the AFC North. And the Tennessee Titans will win the AFC South.
1: Right. Three wild
3: three wildcard teams will be the New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens. And then it's one from the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Which brings like us the Colts to team.
1: yeah, the Colts. I, I like the Colts team. I like the Colts roster. The, my only question on the Colts is Carson Wentz. Is he yeah exactly? Anymore? You know. Exactly. But other than that, it, I don't have been, I don't have many questions on the. If rest they've of reduced roster.
3: him. As in, not reduced him, but reduced him um, mm-hmm. in the Frank right Re- in the ways of Frank Reich, uh, and he goes back to that pre ACL form. You know, they're they're a deep playoff team, but you know that's a big question.
1: All right, and that brings us to question number nine: How many wins for the Miami Dolphins, and how does the season end?
3: All right, let's have a look at the schedule. Uh, Google is my friend. I think they start three and three. Um, so I think they will. So let's go through it and count. Lose to the Patriots, lose to the Bills, beat the Raiders. Colts is a pick 'em game, but let's say they beat the Colts. Lose to the Buccaneers, beat the Jaguars. So they're three and three after six games. Beat the Falcons, lose to the Bills, it's four and four. Beat the Texans, five and four. Lose to the Ravens, five and five, beat the Jets, beat the Panthers, beat the Giants, beat the Jets, beat the Saints. That's nine and five, right? Mm -hmm. And then two massive games against the Titans and the Patriots. I think they'll lose to the Titans and beat the Pats. So what's that, 10 and six? 10 and seven. seven. 10 and seven. All right, yeah, so, so you view. have
1: you have them ending the season just missing out of the playoffs, then? Yeah, I think from the last so, yeah. week of the season, but with ten wins.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're going to if they the scenario that I just said, they're going to have to win, you know, at least one of those last two games. They've they've got to. Here is the deal for the Dolphins to make the playoffs; they are going to have to beat either the Patriots at least once, but they they're, they're going to have to beat one of the Colts. The Buccaneers, the Ravens, or the Titans. So I think they've got to beat the Patriots at least once, and they've got to beat one of those four out of conference, out of division teams mm. to have a chance, and then hold up their end in the you know against the the detritus. Because mm. there's a you know there is a run where you could see them go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, they could go eight and two from. From 17th of October, you know, beat the Jaguars, beat the Falcons, lose the Bills, beat the Texans, lose the Ravens, beat the Jets, beat the Panthers, beat the Giants, beat the Jets, beat the Saints. So at that point, you know, they could be a runaway train. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think 10 and 7.
1: All right. And last question. Give me your Super Bowl prediction and its winner. Uh,
3: the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Against the... It's hard to look past the Buccaneers, isn't it?
1: They're loaded.
3: And 100% vaccinated. I know. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship, and the Buffalo Bills will beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think a Bills, Buccaneers, Super Bowl, and I think the Buccaneers will win again because I don't like the Bills running game.
1: Wow. So Tom Brady leaves (laughs) leaves Bill Belichick's side and just piles on two more rings?
3: would be hilarious wouldn't it
1: (laughs) it would be hilarious it would be it would be incredible if that happened but yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know how much longer bill belichick is is going to stay in new england i kept thinking like he was you know maybe he was just lying when he did he did that interview a few years back and he said the giant's job was his dream job or maybe he thinks he's immortal and he's going to live to like a hundred you know it's but scary. time's running out to take that giants job no simon or you think he just retires with the patriots i think he retires to the patriots i can't see am so why why say that in an interview that your dream job you're bill belichick obviously if you have a dream job you could get it anytime you want right
2: yeah
3: so why
1: say your dream job is the new york giants job
3: it's better checking it
1: yeah <laughs> huh All right. Uh, We're going to go to break right now. When we come back, we will have Chris Kaufman, and we'll do the same. He's way better than me. Yeah. (laughs) He can be a little bit more optimistic, okay? Maybe. Maybe.
3: I'm glass half empty.
1: Yeah, although I will say this, uh, dear listener. Simon Clancy usually undercuts them by a win or two. He said 10 and 7, so that bodes really, really well
3: for this season. Okay. Ten wins, people. I did offer the caveat that if we beat one of those big teams, we'll be all right.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think I I, I have, I can't stress enough. And we're going to talk about it on Wednesday, but I think this game one is extremely important. Extremely important. As important as a game one week one can be. I know that a lot of people say, you know, how must win is it in week one? Well, guess what? I think that this is kind of important. If you want a big total, you want 11, 12 wins. You need this one coming up next Sunday. Because they're only, the Patriots are only a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which tells you that Vegas actually has Miami as a slight favorite because you get three points for being at home. So, we shall see. But first, these words by BetUS. Sports betting season is in full force. And with football fast approaching, you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. And we're back, and as promised, Chris Kaufman is here. Hello, Chris. Hi. That's all okay. I got to say. <laughs> That's, That's all you have to say. Just hi. Just just hi. I, I can I can leave now, right? yeah pretty much I, we just got to get through these 10, ten questions and <laughs> of course and that you know and that'll be our season preview and of course it's you know it's the dolphins and it wouldn't be a dolphin season if there isn't a little bit of drama and of course i was i was talking to simon earlier about the covid protocols you had an interesting take on twitter i'd like you to elaborate on it you think if austin jackson gives up this job and maybe to Greg Little, that he won't give it back. And if he gives it to Liam Eikenberg, maybe he doesn't give it back. Your thought process wouldn't be, are you that wouldn't down on Austin Jackson?
2: No, it's just a, I wonder if, um, you know, they're, they're actually going to put some so-and-so in the game, uh, whether it's Greg Little. It's probably Greg Little. Uh, um, and that's if Austin Jackson even misses the game because he might not. But it's probably going to be Greg Little. And I just wonder what happens when he performs well, when and if Mm -hmm. he performs, you know, fairly well gets the job done. And, um, you know, clearly, Austin Jackson was taking lumps having some, some issues. uh, And so I kind of wonder, well, if, if they start to establish some, some amount of success, you know, beating the Patriots, keeping to a clean, you know, so, so, so uh, so on and so forth, you know, can they really afford to be like, okay, now we're going to put in the guy that was, that was um, doing some questionable things and see how that goes against, you know, the, the tougher opponents. It's like the bills or something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. I'm. You know what? I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Tua, and we're gonna to get to it in one of these questions. I'm wondering if Tua is good enough. If none of that matters.
2: Oh, wait. If Tua is good enough, none, none of that matters.
1: Like... And my example is Russell Wilson. I could swear, and I told Simon the same thing. I think that Russell Wilson has played as quarterback a couple of. Seattle Seahawks teams that were absolutely terrible, but they oh, yeah. still managed to get nine wins and get in the playoffs because oh, yeah. he's a force of nature. You know. So. is,
2: is two of that. I don't think Tua. Well, I mean, he if he's if Tua is his own force of nature, so to speak, it's um, it's a different way because Russell Wilson is more athletic, mm-hmm. so um, I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, I just I just happen to think Greg Little. Um, this is this, there's going to be a lot of ground game. I think the way this is setting up this game against the Patriots, for example, um, and that's just that's not I'm, I'm not that's not a huge reveal. If you look at the way the Dolphins and the Patriots played each other, and the way of Brian Flores and Bill Belichick tend to play each other, um, they tend to shorten up the game. They both do. They shorten up the game. Mm -hmm. tremendously and just try to pound it on each other and just like see see whose team is is better Um, and if the Dolphins try and do that then you have those Greg Little uh, and Solomon Kinley double teams going on on the left side um, you know within some some inside zone or something or duo and um, and you know Greg Little was kind of impressive in some of that stuff in the preseason and I kind of I kind of wonder they're gonna if they get that going, they might fall in love with the ground game and what they can do that way. And if he just, you know, does a, a very passable job, just a very dependable job, I guess, in Pass Pro. Like you you can have you can have shortcomings, right? Like you can
1: mm-hmm. you can
2: have limitations of what you can do in Pass Pro. It's just, you know, we don't want just don't go out there and, and play like Edward Scissor feet. You know, um, that's and that's um, that that's Austin Jackson's thing. There's there's a dependability issue. So um, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. We'll see.
1: All right. Let's get to these 10 questions. Here's question number one. If the season goes right, what happened and what is, quote unquote, right? Chris.
2: Yeah, the um, if the season goes the way that it should, it should go, which is right. It's going to be an explosion of passing offense, um, you know, owing to, the, uh, to the, the makeup of the skill positions with uh, Jalen Waddell added to the middle, Will Fuller showing speed on the outside, Mike Gesicki, um basically acting like a top three tight end in the NFL this year. Um, and, and just, you know, a, a very prolific passing game and then obviously the defense would be see nobody really nobody would really other than some really vague argument um non-specific argument about like you know turnovers being ephemeral and uh, mm-hmm. and and so therefore oh yeah we had too many turnovers last year so we can't have that many this year you know yeah um other than that like nobody can really make a, a a, a cogent argument about, um, about how, about the defense having not gotten better, um, having not, you know, been constituted better than even a year ago. Um, and so, you know, I wonder about that if you think about that and, and the defense helped us tremendously when, you know, 10 and six, go 10 and six last year, um, if they're even better, you know and, and then we have an explosion on the passing offense i mean that's that's the story it's the it's the defense um continuing their excellent coverage now having a little bit even more pass rush with perhaps a Jalen Phillips added to the mix and then on the offensive side of the ball uh really hard to stop that uh that passing game the way it's constituted mm
1: hmm I completely agree with you. And on the turnover front, uh, I did a little study on that before. And what you want is a good turnover differential, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been proven that uh, Bill Belichick teams, John Harbaugh teams, Lovey Smith teams, oddly enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> consistently were in the top five to top eight. And every once in a while, we'll drop out of, of the top 10, but still hug the top 10. One year, New England fell to like 12th in turnover differential. So it's something that can be replicated. Now, you know, can you get ten interceptions from your All-Pro cornerback? Probably not. But no, I mean, but somebody else can, matters. <laughs> yeah, somebody else
2: can step up. Like you weren't going, you didn't get very much from Byron uh, Jones last year. You know what happens if he steps up and gets some more? Yeah, interceptions maybe Javon up? Holland
1: gets four. Right?
2: Well, yeah, I and mean, Javon Holland with a history of creating turnovers in college and and all and during training camp, all of a sudden he shows up with four um you never know um uh, Jerome Baker we know is a is, is a fast guy I think he, mm-hmm. he can catch the ball you never know when he's going to show up
1: and he has a few in his career including some yeah. sixes. he has a pick I mean, six mean it's in just his career.
2: yeah it's just uh it, yeah I I don't I don't know that I really buy the oh there's just going to be the gods are just going to smite us and and take away turnovers that we had a year yeah. ago and the defense isn't going to be as good well I think the defense is actually constituted better And, um, and I have to think that that's going to show up. That's going to, that's going to show.
1: All right. Question number two, if the season goes wrong, what happened? If the season goes
2: wrong, it's injuries. Um, injuries would play a part in that. There could be injuries in a lot of different places with this team. There to be injuries. We've already seen, you know, injuries spring up in the wide receiver unit, which is which is actually the way it is structured is um, is weak to injuries because all of those guys have histories there. Uh, Tua Tung- Tungavilo himself has an injury history, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just the hip. I'm talking about little nagging injuries. He he didn't miss a game last year with a finger injury that you know, yes. um, and. He has, he has those ankle injuries that he's taken in college. He has, you know, other, other injuries that he took in college. They're just like, just seems to show up. So that could be an issue. Um, you could have, you've already seen injury springer. counts of line uh, that could obviously, and that could play out poorly the offensive line in the ground game. If that's just not there. Um, and teams figure out how to drop back seven and take away the passing game or something like that while still defending the run because we just never bothered to, you know, try and do anything at the running back position. Um, that would be a problem. And then on the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, it's, it's still iffy whether a, a really dangerous pass rush will, will set up, set itself up. Um, you know, we kind of hope things about Jalen Phillips – and we know mm-hmm. things about Emmanuel Agba. Um, but what if, you know, and, Andrew Van Ginkel's not getting it done? Um, Brennan Scarlett, I wouldn't, you know, in the in the best of times, even no matter how he looked this preseason, I wouldn't accuse him of being a strong pass rusher for us. Um, and I think the uh, success of guys of the interiors, Zach Seeler and and um, and Christian Wilkins and Raquan Davis, you know, they can still be successful players, but not necessarily getting it done from a pass rush standpoint. So if we've got no pass rush there on the defensive side of the ball, and then you know the teams can sit back and and just wait for guys to pop open, and then uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we don't have firepower because we're suffering injuries. Um, yeah, things can go downhill.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It usually starts with with an injury, an impart an inopportune injury somewhere mm-hmm. on this team. I would say like places to watch. Believe it or not, Michael Dieter is kind of important. <laughs> think about it. He no, I to, like, think, I no, I don't think No,
2: don't. I don't think that. I don't think that's true because I, I was watching Greg Manx play center, no. um, and I know the Dolphins have done a lot of tape tape review of him um, at the different positions. And I was watching him play center and I think he slips into that center position with, um, if, if, if he's not flat out better than Dieter, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's zero, zero, you know, uh, drop off. That's, well, that's I, good, I truly, that's, I truly that's believe good that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's good to know. Question number three, is it as easy as if two was good this year, the fins will be good this year.
2: No, I, I don't think that's, I don't think it's that easy. Um, because you know to he's going to take a little bit of a step up and i know i don't see him it's just not within his character to fall flat on his face um i think he is going to be who he is and i think that that's sort of range bound on both the up and the downsides mm-hmm. um but what what could really just amp things up to a different level is just if the, is the way that the skill positions and the offense around him are constituted. Um, he can be, you know, pretty good, not necessarily, you know, killing everybody. He can be pretty good, you know, moderately better than, than a year ago, which everybody would expect going to the second year, actually having training camp and a preseason and all that, not having to think about his injuries all the time, having worked a lot on his strength and um, obviously gotten way beefier and, and more confident because of that. Um, he can be that, like, you know, just modestly better and the offense could still explode just because of what's constituted around him. So I don't really think that he's the, you know, I don't I don't think of him as the focal point. I don't think of him as the, you know, this is everything's on him. He's either he's either this or he's either that. I I don't I think he is what he is. And I think it's the stuff around him that either coalesces or doesn't.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh in nineteen eighty six, Dan Marino threw for almost forty eight hundred yards and forty four touchdowns, and the team mm-hmm. went eight and eight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, so that's all you need to know. Drew Brees had a season where he threw for five thousand and forty mm-hmm. touchdowns, and they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, so
2: I mean, it, happen.
1: it happens. It happens more often than than people think. All right, this this is right up your alley. Question number four: Have they done enough to solve the Josh Allen puzzle?
3: Yeah, wish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I mean the defense as it's constituted right now is is a little bit better, but I don't I don't see anything that has changed you know significantly about their capabilities to where they're they're gonna suddenly play very different ball against him. I think um, you know one it'll help if Byron Jones is not is out is out there and not like the youngest player in the league uh, Noah Igbinogene trying to cover Stefan Diggs by himself for like four or five seconds at a time. Um, yes. you know, obviously, obviously that's, that's a, a thing like details matter sometimes. Um, but even so we just haven't seen that Brian Flores's defense can put up even, a even a, um, a, a moderate effort against Josh Allen yet. And I don't know that that's like a, um, a makeup thing of the players. Uh, I think, I think they're going to have to prove that they can come out there with a game plan and stump uh, Josh Allen and Brian Dable. And um, there was a glimmer, think, right?
1: There was a glimmer that's in that be a first game thing. last year. Remember? There was there was a glimmer. You of mean the that. you
2: mean the one where the one where Stefan Diggs went crazy, went ham on us because yes. uh, because no, I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> Miami took a lead in the fourth quarter, and Josh Allen yeah. threw the ball right at, at Calvin and mm-hmm. if Cavanaugh his hands worked for that split second, <laughs> Miami would have had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe they're going to need help from Josh Allen. Like, he's, he's the only guy in the league that I really don't have much confidence against. And it's because we haven't seen it. Every time he gets out there, no matter who it is, it happened with the Josh Allen. It. It we haven't with, seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And even with... Uh, when Adam GaSe was here, and we did manage to beat him, he still was terrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was bringing them back.
2: The, so, I think I think he has of of all the team splits, you know, versus all this, the teams out in the NFL. I think it, the the averages his averages against the Dolphins are by far the best. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Of a, Anybody else? Anybody mm-hmm. else? He just kills us, and yeah, you know we're just gonna we're just gonna have to see it. And and I don't I can't think that it's just about you know, oh, we got we changed the personnel makeup or something like that. I don't think they've changed it that much.
1: I think it's schematic. It has to be yeah.
2: it has to be something that they think of, and it um it pulls one over on uh, on Allen and Dable.
1: And I asked Simon this question, and I ask you, I guess, uh, do you think that Kansas City maybe showed the way? Because all they did really was incessantly blitz them all game last year.
2: No, I don't think so.
1: So that ain't the. I don't, that ain't the I way don't think did.
2: that's. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the answer. Just, you know, just blitzing him. Um, <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that try. I've seen that a lot, actually. Yeah, if you him.
1: blitz and you miss, you got a problem. <laughs> right. Because he could reach every part of the field with that arm. Now he's he's absolutely terrifying. He's an absolute MVP candidate.
2: Well, I mean, until he makes his own mistakes, and you yeah. know, he, he could go out there and just like be a different player that day. 'Cause mm-hmm. that shit happens. Or an <laughs> he did, or he an does injury. or an injury, right? I mean, I don't want to hope for injuries, but I mean, you know, yeah. that that happens. Like he can he can go out there and just be like, wow, he's off today. I guess that's what yeah. you hope for. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess that's what we could or we could just outscore him.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, I just I think, you know, just outscore him. Cause I I don't think, you know, people don't really respect the ground game that much. Um Mm-hmm. Although I took Devin Singletary and, um, in in fantasy just, uh, cause I want to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have a feeling anyway about that, but, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think until, until we see it, you know, we can't really believe it.
1: All right. Question number five, how good is the AFC East as compared to other divisions in the NFL?
2: I think it's quite average. Um, really? you know, because there's, there's a, strong, there's a strong team in Buffalo that everybody figures is going to put their foot forward for, for you know, the AFC title. Um, but, you know, there are several like that. There are several teams in the AFC that could do that. Um, and then there's, you know, one or maybe two other teams in, in the AFC East that could uh, step up you know 50 and 500 or maybe a little better one of them probably going to make the playoffs probably not two of them you know i think gosh and it almost sounds like i'm just describing every every division in football <laughs> you know i mean that's just that's just kind of the way it is um so i i don't i don't think of the afc east as being particularly you know particularly great
1: yeah if you look at the afc north okay and I'll throw the Bengals in there. Even the Bengals have a look, not, a, not of a playoff team, but a team mm-hmm. that can be dangerous on any given, you know, any the old adage, any given Sunday. And it's because of that offense. Yes, uh, Joe Burrow didn't have that much of a better season than Tua Tagovailoa, but his offense did. His mm-hmm. offense scored uh, 30 or more points four times. Okay? Mm-hmm. so And we're talking about the, pretty much the same sample size as Tua. Tua's offense scored 30 once
2: hey hey do you want to know something mm-hmm. you want to know what josh allen's stats were when he was blitzed oh boy last year
1: <laughs>
2: let's okay let's let's do this this is great he was 173 out of 263 right wow. so that's six that's 66
1: completion but, but i thought he wasn't accurate 19, nine,
2: 19 1995 yards almost two thousand yards seven that's seven that's 7.6 706 uh ypa 20 touchdowns and two interceptions wow yeah one of them wants
1: to to Xavier Howard by the way yeah (laughs) right yes (laughs) yes one of them wants to Xavier Howard because that was a zero blitz that he threw that pick against us
2: that is that is true that's (laughs) so I mean like you know everybody crumbles under pressure a little bit he doesn't even crumble under pressure that much but I mean like but but as far as just blitzing him like hey we're just gonna blitz them a bunch i don't think that's the answer chief <laughs> yeah
1: look uh and and to answer the question uh, very quickly uh the AFC East bills are absolutely great they're championship good i think the dolphins are good but there's a strong possibility that the patriots and the jets are just not good and that th- that doesn't make for a good division yeah and, yeah
2: i mean it it's, it strikes me as very average it doesn't strike yeah. me as below average
1: definitely not below average because uh when Bill Belichick might be you know, in third place, you can't be below average because mm-hmm. he could engineer a close game in the fourth quarter. And in the NFL, if a game is close in the fourth quarter, you can lose it. And you can lose it yep. to, to damn near anybody. Yep, that's true. All
2: right. NFL, question. So that's what happens. It,
1: absolutely. Question number six, with health, what is the ceiling for this team this year? I'll tell you, Simon, so you could compare yours to Simon. Simon says yeah. a playoff berth and a loss in the divisional round is the ceiling That's the ceiling mm-hmm. Wow.
2: yeah, I don't believe that. I, I don't think that's the ceiling. I think wow. I think the ceiling I think the ceiling is this is I mean this is this is a deep team. They have they have actually they have actually constituted this team the way they wanted it. Um, And and I think Flores even said something to that extent where he's like, listen, if we're not going far, it's because, you know, we've got our core here. (laughs) Mm. You know, this is this is this is what we're doing. And if we're not going far, then it's because we were wrong on the core. Um, of what what we want like they've built it so so I'm looking at it and yeah there's there's issues along the offensive line but I think the the issues on the offensive line you could see even melt away just due to the offensive structure and the, the skill position units and stuff like that I mean it's not as if the offensive line doesn't have investment and, and this is you look across the NFL there's Offensive lines out there that are mediocre or better than mediocre that are constituted no differently than Miami's is, um, you know. So, so yeah, the offense. You look at the structure of the offense, look at the play calling, look at the what what they do, and what they've added this year. Um, if all that kind of goes to plan, and Miles Gaskin is the player that that some people believe he he can be, and you know Savon Ahmed. Uh, adds some spark in the passing game and with speed. And then the defense, we, we have faith. And there was a time in the defense we we would, we would have called them the the top defense in the NFL last year Mm -hmm. for large stretches, you know, legitimately. So, and, uh, and the defense, we know, we know that from a personnel standpoint, they're, they're probably even better and more talented than they were a year ago. And nothing has changed from a schematic standpoint. It's not like we've had a loss of uh, of of coaching IQ there. So that defense that defense is is well positioned, and then the offense could could absolutely be well positioned just by virtue of the the makeover and that the makeover and matru- maturation of the um, the skill units, and you know, and I mean Tua as well and. And even the, the running backs, um, there's a lot of maturation happens there. Sometimes it's not just about the newcomers. It's about it's about Mike Gusecki becoming one of the top becoming in the same a, a guy that you'd mentioned in the same breath as Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. You, you
1: know, Mike Gusecki, I don't know if you saw the news. Mark Andrews, fifty-six million, four years.
2: Oh, I did. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, I'm sure they took notice of that, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, just, just think about the maturation of players that have been here Mm -hmm. and that's, that's often like your biggest Delta, um, from one year to the next. And I think that the dolphins have those, I have, they've had those irons in the fire already on both sides of the ball. So no, no, this is the ceiling is absolutely higher than absolutely higher than a, a division than a division round loss. Yeah. It, is, it is absolutely higher than
1: that. Yeah, that's what I like to tell people all the time. I rem- I remember clearly, uh, Xavier Howard, as a rookie, some people were calling him a bust. The mm-hmm. following year, in his fourth start, some people were, were asking themselves, you know what, he could be a pro bowler this year. <laughs> yeah. And by year three, they were calling him an all-pro and an, a, and a defensive player of the year candidate. Right. Okay? And by year that. five, we had a holdout where he was asking for, to be paid the highest paid. And the and cornerback in the NFL so it could happen quickly like yeah. the it could be anybody you know and, I mean? and,
2: uh, and not just anybody I can tell you right now the players on on defense that are in their prime rounding into prime right now um, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are in their prime okay uh, who who are rounding into prime well this is this is right about the time. On the timeline that you would see guys like Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Ogba, even Zach Sealer round into prime, and (laughs) Raquan Davis, for that matter. Um, You know, these are Jerome Baker is already in his prime, right? He's 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 already there. Um, You know, yeah. This there's there's a lot on this defensive side of the football that that are either already in the prime or are absolutely an exact spot where you would see them ascend and make a name for themselves in a very big way. And then the same is true on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Will Fuller it was arguably one of the top two or three wide receivers in the league last year when he was yeah. playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really was. And, and so, and, and people would just kind of dismiss that. As, uh, I think maybe the contract, the short nature of the contract, the fact that it's a one year I think maybe because of that, and maybe because of his suspension and his injury history, you know, it's easy to just dismiss, like we just kind of overlook them. But you're just like that could you could have just acquired one of the top, you know, five wide receivers in the NFL. You you really could have, and then you've added Jalen Waddle on top of it, and still had Devonte Parker's, who is again a player that's in his prime. And Mike Gesicki is rounding into exactly if he's going to be that guy, if he's going to be among those like Travis Kelsey, like Darren Waller, those kinds of kinds of things. It's this year. Mm -hmm. It is exactly this year. Like he goes off for eleven hundred yards and twelve touchdowns, you know, Mm -hmm. and and think about what what kind of what that would do to the offense you know, as a whole, as a, as a productive whole, if he did something like that, while you had guys as talented as Will Fuller around him and Jalen Waddle around him and, and Devante Parker around him and, a, and, a, and a guy who's just good at distributing the football and isn't going to disappoint you with, you know, total flat on his face suckitude and, and to a tongue of I low, I just, I think nobody would ever expect that of him. And, and I don't think it's going to happen um you know damn there's a lot on this team that's like this is go time
1: (laughs) yeah you know
2: this is it like you know they're they're ready they're ready to they're ready to they're ready to fuck
1: and um yeah i mean that's delicately put yeah (laughs) all right question number seven It's safe to say we we I think all three of us feel good about this team. But what is missing for you to feel great about this team? Because I think if you're obviously if you're a Chiefs fan, you sit around and say, I got Pat Mahomes. I feel great when I wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? If you're a Bucks fan, you just look at the roster and say, Look, we just won the Super Bowl. Okay, that's right. We're returning everybody. I feel great about this. I don't think anybody else in the NFL can just sit around and say, Oh, I play I, I feel great about this. Yeah, right. No, I what's think that's missing? true. Like, what's so missing? What's missing? I mean, yeah.
2: the obvious. Like, are we are we just can can we like not even say the offensive line? It's just so obvious that we're not even allowed to say it. Yeah, you know, because because maybe because no, it it really is that it's the offensive it's the offensive line and the running backs. That's it, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that is a lot because the offensive line is that's that's a five man unit. That's that is a big part of your offense. They're the foundation of the offense, even. Um, So, yeah, that's a big question mark. I'm not trying to downplay it, but um, and it's it's more like portions of the offensive line, too. Um, But, yeah, it's offensive line and you never really you never really stuck true playmakers into that. To me, I know that people disagree, but I don't think they ever really stuck true playmakers into that running backs unit um, that are going to win. You know, somebody's going to make a play on defense. D- does your guy make a p- even better play? You know, like mm-hmm. like I don't think we have guys like that. Um, and the, I think we have guys on the running backs unit that can, you know, just take what's there, more or less. Pretty So much. that's that's to go going to, go to be to go. the Achilles heel to me. Yeah,
1: I think the that the the wild card is Savan Achman. He just has that look.
2: He does. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Like, and I kind of wonder about it. Like, by the end of the year, what are we what are we thinking about him? Um, hmm. you know because clearly he can do things speedy like in the passing game and and it could it could really impact the game but could he also do things because like he's the guy that can actually run outside zone mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you know <laughs> yeah. what what's what what is that like what happens there
1: yeah and and i go back to what i saw all camp like this is the guy that they just lined up out wide and they ran Nine routes with him and threw him the ball. And he was dangerous against Atlanta, against mm-hmm. Chicago. So against Chicago, he actually got a wheel route for a touchdown. So I don't know. Uh I'm I'm interested to see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And I have drafted him with my last pick just to make sure it doesn't go to oh, the did you? wire. Okay. Yes. Right. And you know, just to just you know, as a spec, you know, mm-hmm. I just, just I put him it. there on the bench can't hurt me if he's the 17th guy on my roster you know sure you know if he's nothing i just cut him week four and you know get somebody else all right time to take out the nfl standings give this question number eight give me your afc playoff teams oh god really Mm -hmm. yeah
2: do i have to pick them there's, there's really so many. I, I, made this, I made this point earlier because, like, people get really bent out of shape about, ah, uh, you know, Miami's not included in the playoffs and stuff. It's like, listen, the AFC has literally, like, 12 out of 16 teams that are playoff teams, you know, and, and you know only seven of them are going to make it. Like the, I'll tell you who's not going to be in the playoffs. It's not going to be the Jets. It's not going to be the Bengals. It's not going to be the Jaguars nor the Houston Texans that's it that's it like those 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 guys will not be in the playoffs everybody else open fucking season you know it really is and and so you know we're we're just gonna especially with this 17 game schedule now it's gonna be a little bit weird um and 17 seven teams in the playoff correct yeah that's that's the new um so i i just think yeah, there's, you know, that Kansas city is going to be there and you know, that, um, that probably, probably Buffalo is going to be there. I don't see them unless there's like an injury to Josh Allen or something like that. I don't see them fall flat on their face. Um, but like everybody else, you know, Pittsburgh could be good. Baltimore could be good. Cleveland was good. Could be good again. Um, you know, Tennessee can, has a, has a history is developing a, a consistency about them now. Mm. Um I kind of think that Indianapolis is in jeopardy, but um you know, the, the Raiders could be good. The chargers, everybody, that's a, that's a new darling. Like mm-hmm. people are talking about. And I say, Broncos have I, a great
1: the Broncos have a great roster. Just, and that's you
2: know. what I was, I was just about to say. And I would even put, put, pick out the Broncos and be like, you know, would I be really surprised that the Broncos suddenly win like 10 or 11 games? no, no, not at all, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, shit, I, you know who's not who's not in the playoffs? That's the that's the that's a tough one. Uh, and Miami will have to prove it. It's not going to be easy for them. I just think that you know maybe there's four teams out there: the Jets and the Bengals and the um, and the Texans and Jags. That you're just like, okay, no, not them though.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, Simon had Bills, Chiefs, Browns, Titans as division champions. And then mm-hmm. he had Patriots, Ravens, Colts as the three wall cards. So he didn't have the Dolphins making it in.
2: And yeah, I, I tend to that. agree
1: with all of that, except I do have the Dolphins making it in ahead of the Patriots.
2: Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see the Patriots making it ahead of the Dolphins. But I guess we'll see. I just, I really don't. Um, yeah, I'm not buying. I'm not buying the what's coming out of New England uh, in no. some ways about what about like the way the roster is constituted and how strong of a team they have. I think they have like I think Simon even mentioned somebody that that he knows that's um, really up on the Patriots and talking about like this being the best roster that they've seen since 2014. I was like, well, yeah, just because a lot of those players happen to also be the same guys that were there in 2014 doesn't mean they're still in their prime. (laughs)
1: Yes,
2: (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just because it's the same name doesn't mean it's the same player. Um, Lawrence Guy being a good example. um, You know, I I like Devin McCourty, but you never know. I mean, he's pretty frigging old. I love Dante Hightower,
1: but, you know, impact position. But when?
2: Yeah, I love him in 2014. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, sitting um, out for almost you know a year and a half, and yeah, and being anybody. old,
2: you know what I don't like? I don't like an old ass player that hasn't played in two years. You know, yeah. like that's what I really don't like. I don't can I can I have can I have uh, as few of those on my roster as possible? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that's I don't. There's risk there, man, and and there and people talk about two, and it's like, well, Mac Jones is a fucking rookie. And he mm-hmm. still – and if you watch him, he doesn't, he doesn't really know. He never really has. He doesn't really know what he's doing in the face of a rush, in, in my opinion, uh, when things get hairy in that pocket. What did, he, what did he take, like four sacks, five sacks against the Giants in that, that preseason game? Yes. He um, when, when he finally didn't have, like, a parking lot worth of room to sit there in the, in the pocket and twiddle his thumbs and play beat saber and read a F. Scott Fitzgerald book before he could throw the ball um you know that's not gonna that's not gonna be what happens in the regular season
1: yeah their offensive line is really good and we're gonna get into this on Wednesday but they did lose Joe Tooney and those tackles are Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown yeah I don't trust Trent why do people trust Trent Brown I don't get it yeah like he's been chased out of places before the Raiders chased out of a lot
2: of places he's been chased out a lot of places you know why cause he's big and fat and can't fucking move his ass. Like he is, he, he does like, I don't understand why people, this is like, it's it's gotta be an analytics thing. Like, um, I, I don't know, but like, you know, yeah, he can do a passable job in some ways because he's humongous. Right. Mm. And so it's like, literally like to go around him is like taking a detour in traffic <laughs> almost. But I, I mean, it's, but, but he can't move. And I don't trust the son of a bitch because of that. Like I, I don't trust. I don't trust a guy that can't move and can't be an athlete. And um and you know so I don't trust him at all. I think Isaiah Wynn is 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 um you know he can be beaten. I watched him. I watched him in preseason get beaten by nobodies, true nobodies and um and then like my and I, I know we like to say like this is another one of those am- examples like Michael on Weno it's like well they got Michael on Onweno it's like mm-hmm. yeah they got Michael Onweno who's who's playing left guard now and Michael Onweno playing left guard now is maybe not the same Michael Onweno that played right tackle last year mm-hmm. um you know that's that's a thing <laughs> you can't just like gloss over some details like that sometimes and and I don't think he's the same player from what I've seen. I don't, I don't think he's the same player. I mean, sure, they got David Andrews. He's still at center. He's just, he's dependable. He's solid. He was never, you know, it's not like Eric McCoy or something like that. But I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's 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 a solid player. But I don't trust Trent Brown as far as I could throw him. And since he's so big and fat, I I can't throw him. The um, fork huh? and yeah with a forklift i can't throw him so um and then isaiah win you know I, maybe a little iffy maybe i'll die I, i'll maybe i'll die there maybe i'll just ascend and, and totally prove me wrong he is capable of that but um i think there's ifs i think there's a lot of ifs on that um, that offensive line for the patriots and I, and and mac jones is not the quarterback that you want to be iffy in front yeah.
1: of and we're going to get to talk to, talk about that plenty on wednesday all right, question number nine: How many wins for the Dolphins, and where does the season end? I'm I'm somewhere between eleven and
2: twelve. I really am. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, with now the seventeen game thing. So, what would that be, eleven and six versus uh, yeah. or twelve and five? Mm-hmm. I am really, I'm I waffle on there, and I'm not sure. I, I guess in part of me, the conservative Dolphin fan, like, hey, you know, let's. Let's dial it back because I don't want to look silly or something like that. And, you know, wants to say, okay, 11 and six, you know, but, but, but I really do think that there's a, there's a fair possibility of 12 and five. So, you know, just to make it more interesting, why don't we just say 12 and five?
1: All right. And where does it end?
2: Where does it end for
1: them? Mm hmm.
2: Um, you know, the, the thing that worried me at the end of the last year is that, um, it seemed like experience started to felt uh, like played a big part in them falling short toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they, you know, they ran out of gas and, and I think experience was an issue when, when things started to really matter. And so I could see them, like, I'm not saying that this is the ceiling to losing the division round, um, you know, get beyond the wild card round, losing the division round, I'm not saying that's the ceiling for them by by any means, but it also wouldn't surprise me if it's sort of like the thing that we're missing when we get into that situation is guys who are, you know, really well experienced in in the playoffs and experienced on sort of like championship type runs. I mean, I mean, Tua was experienced that way in Alabama, but I don't know if that counts. (laughs) You know? Mm. Um, So It wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if like they just, one of those playoff games, whether, you know, if they do make the conference championship, which would be awesome. um, But also in the divisional round, you know, they just, they just end up something happens and it it trips them up in the game and they just get off rhythm and it just doesn't, doesn't unfold. Right. Um, So I I think that uh, playoff experience is going to become an issue probably in the divisional round.
1: Yeah, uh, I tend to agree with most of that. I got them at eleven and six and losing in Buffalo in the second round, probably in a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, if they
2: if they do go to Buffalo though in the second round, I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag and say that's actually a victory. Really? Yeah, I think that's I think that's the I think that's the time because you know, the only the only aspect of the, the entire team that has that championship experience, you know, can you name it? like as a team the coaches yes and if they get into that if they get into that that playoff game against buffalo and they are super duper angsty because they've yet to really find a great answer for josh Allen. <laughs> um or or maybe they already did and which would probably be put them in even better ground uh that's the one. The one thing. I'm, that's the one exception. I'm gonna. Sh- I'm gonna go ahead and plant the flag. If that. If. If. If they find themselves in the divisional round or playing Buffalo in the playoffs, I don't think they lose. Um, nice. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say they win. All
1: but right, I don't think. They,
2: qu- I don't. I don't think that's who we'll end up playing.
1: Final question. Give me your Super Bowl prediction.
2: I haven't even really put that much thought into it. <laughs> um. You know how could you go against Kansas City? I mean there's still so much in their prime there. Yeah. You know, I just it, it's it's hard. It's hard to say that like how can you really go against them? And and the thing is like how can you also how could you go against Tampa Bay? <laughs> like yeah, right? I, I I I it's not like it's not like things have changed. It's not like mm-hmm. pedigrees changed, it's not like personnel's changed, it's not like coaching has changed. It's not like you know, they know how to they know how to turn it on in the moments. I mean, Christ, that's that's a that's a team. Um, if there's a team that you know things could suddenly work for, like just click, I think we we both kind of imagined the, the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, just to, just to not be boring and say Kansas City, Tampa again. You know, let me just say the Rams on the NFC side and on the AFC side. um,
1: Just pick Kansas City.
2: I guess I'm trying not to be boring. This this was this was
1: the non boring answer. That was my pick. I thought I was going to be like, you know, I was going to dazzle you with my pick of Kansas City and the Rams. Okay, but I guess not.
2: I think (laughs) that's that's kind of where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know oh, shit, uh, we, we're, we're Simon, boring we're Simon, predicting the exact same
1: <laughs> yeah Simon did the boring thing of just saying Kansas City and, and Tampa Bay again <laughs> yeah I mean with Tampa Bay winning to. again so that means Brady two for two outside of Bill Belichick so but you
2: know what like who do you really trust in the AFC who do you really this is a part of the problem like there's a lot of good teams in the AFC but who do you really trust to be a great team
1: in the AFC uh nobody uh, Nobody, just Kansas and just Kansas City. Yeah, just Kansas City, and it's really because of what they did with that offensive line. Like that was, like yeah, that was a masterclass in, in well, building up. And, a and also,
2: and also, I mean, it's still Patrick Mahomes throwing to tyree Hill. Yeah, but I, I do
1: Kelsey. tell people when it, when people tell me, uh "Why can't the Dolphins do something like that?" Well, they don't have the Chiefs roster. They don't have Patrick no, Mahomes. They don't. they don't have those wide receivers. They don't have Travis Kelsey. They can't just sit around the entire offseason and say, "You know what." Let's just concentrate on the offensive line alone. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have that luxury. The Chiefs did, and that's why mm-hmm. the Chiefs were able to fix that offensive line in one offseason. Because you can finish, you can't fix a unit in one offseason. You just can because you have mm-hmm. enough resources to do it. You have cap space, you have draft picks, so you can do it. And that's what the Chiefs did. They used both. They even used trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. That's but honestly,
2: I, I mean, honestly, and I go back to it with Miami. Like, you know, is mm-hmm. it was an impossible that Miami's an emergent team out of the emergent team out of the AFC? Absolutely not. It's not impossible at all. They, they've they've no. they finally locked into place what they wanted to get. So, mm-hmm. if you believe in this coach and you believe that they that they have finally locked into place what they wanted to get on both sides of the ball. And even on the special teams, I mean, this team really looks has a poised look to me mm-hmm. all through camp and preseason. And if you really believe that, I mean, the one thing that I think might be missing is that experience from the players in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But
1: what if that's not a thing? Right? No, I completely agree. Yeah, this could, like this season, like somebody asked me before, you know, do you really see them like in a Super Bowl? And I answered, uh yeah, like it can't happen. Like, if they show yeah. up in a Super Bowl this season. Wouldn't you surprise know, me. Wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me, me one bit. They're playing the Buccaneers in February, and you ask me, wow, it, this is, did this surprise you? I, I, I would I would honestly tell you, you know what? No.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it really, really. Didn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, seen, it might maybe surprise th- me that people, everybody stayed healthy enough to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's it. But I've seen really weird things happen before in the NFL. It happens all the time. I
2: don't even think this would be that weird. Like if the jets go to the super bowl, that's fucking weird. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, That would be weird. Yes.
2: If the Bengals or the Texans or Jags go to the super bowl, that's weird. If in even if Indianapolis, if they go with, you know, then, then you're talking about like, what an incredible resurgence they're having with Carson Wentz or something like that. Mm. But I don't think it's that weird. If the dolphins do it.
1: Yeah. Teams do it all the time. Uh, like I remind people all the time, uh, the, The Rams, they had a really, I don't know what you would call that team, but that was a moribund team. Mm. Uh, Jeff Fisher's last year with Jared Goff. The next year, boom, they're in the NFC Championship game. They're going to the Super Bowl. (laughs)
2: I'm just wondering right now how many listeners I've gotten gorged because I'm so incredibly optimistic about the
1: Dolphins right now. (laughs) Yes. Well, uh, it it is what it is. Uh, Simon, by the way, has him at 10-7 and and missing the playoffs. I got him eleven and six, losing in the divisional round. You have him at twelve and five, losing in the divisional round. But we all, you know, we both think, you know, it could go further. All right, that's it. There is no more. Enough offseason. It's over. On Wednesday, we talk about an actual opponent, the Patriots. On Sunday at four twenty-five, see you then.
0: Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per
2: Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual
0: podcast provider.